Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm out on site at one of our refurbishment projects, doing a tour of the property and looking at the update on the current refurbishment. This is a house that was a tenant from hell property just a few weeks ago. The tenants completely trashed the place. We've took the property, we've put a new kitchen in, new bathrooms, we've done the whole place up and I've done a video on YouTube, you can watch on YouTube, but I've also recorded as a podcast today as I think there's a lot of key information in here that is relevant to you in terms of choosing a property area to invest in. So in the video I'm gonna talk about cheap areas versus expensive areas and where you should be in investing as well as how to get high standard refurbs done. Let's go inside and see what's been done. By the way, before we go in, the builders are still in here. It's not finished. They're painting at the moment. They're getting the final bits done on the kitchen. We're probably about a week off and ready to rent this place out. So it hopefully looks much better than it did last time. So sitting room, first of all, this had been turned into a bedroom. If you remember, this is where there was stuff absolutely everywhere in the previous video. The place absolutely stank and on the window here there was cleaning material that had never been used. So what we've done is put in whole new floors, there's even a spare bath. So whole new floors, we've repainted, replastered everything, fitted new doors, new skirting boards, new timbers all the way around. Note to self, don't touch the wall because it's still wet paint. Um, so just freshened the whole room up, made it look nice. Um, radiators, new thermostats, everything. So pretty much a completely new house. The only thing we've not changed is the windows. So that's the sitting room. Into the hallway, we'll take you through to the kitchen. If you remember in a previous video here, there was a tire in the corridor that was doing something, like keeping the door open or something. No idea why it was there, but the kitchen was another level of stink. I remember opening the fridge here and there was rotten food in the fridge that had been there for months. So that's completely gone. We've ripped out the kitchen, we've took everything out, we've put spotlights in on the ceilings, fitted a brand new kitchen and new tiles, pretty much a new house built inside the framework of the old house. We've got the cooker still to fit, we've got the, the sinks to fit, and this is literally probably two or three days off ready to clean it up and get it ready to move some tenants into a nice new home. We've kept the old boiler. We always typically keep the old boilers. If they're working, no need to change them. Everything else, again, plug sockets. We've kept the old plug sockets. We've changed everything around them, but the old plug socket will just fit back on the wall where it was, should be fine. So don't spend money you don't need to spend. The cupboard's been cleaned out. New flooring throughout, which you can, because the builders you can't really see the floor, but there's a really nice floor been fitted that runs through the kitchen, all through the downstairs, into the downstairs sitting room. So the kitchen was the biggest part of this refurbishment, the kitchen and the bathroom. That's where you will add most value to a property. Outside of the kitchen and the bathroom, the bedrooms, the sitting room, that's just really new flooring, painting, decorating. It's very basic, very minor to turn 
around a bedroom and a sitting room. The kitchens and the bathroom, that's where you need to spend a little bit extra. So fitting a new kitchen can add massive value to a property. Kitchens don't need to be expensive. You can pick them up at bargain prices. You can pick them up as ex-display kitchens. You can get uh, access to discount clubs like the Landlords National Property Group, LNPG. A member of LNPG, you'll pick a kitchen like this up from Magna Kitchens for less than two grand. Then it's just fit it yourself, get it in place, and don't put paint on the kitchen like I've just done from taking it from the sitting room wet paint. So, new tiles, new kitchen, boiler if it needs change and change them, if it doesn't, don't keep them. Outside of that, it's just again, just like a bedroom, it's flooring, it's painting, it's decorating. The extra we always do in kitchens that really brings it up modern is fitting the new uh, spotlights. So, rather than having those old 19 whatever's hanging lights, in kitchens ideally fit spotlights. It just makes it more modern. It's not that expensive to do, especially if you're gonna be painting and plastering anyway. Do it at the same time. A little bit of extra cost adds massive value to the property. Even though the refurb's not finished yet, it looks like a part building site, because it is a part building site, but just standing here, the difference, the smell, right, compared to what it used to be, the finish from what it used to be, it just gives me a really good feeling knowing that we've took another property that was run down, trashed, and brought it back into a really high standard to give a nice family a home that they can be proud of. So this house is gonna be an amazing, it's an amazing location, but it's now gonna be an amazing property in that amazing location. So it's gonna be a great rental property for whoever gets this as a home. And just seeing something that was completely trashed look like a nice, clean, tidy home that you'd be proud to live in yourself it really gives us a great feeling because we're providing good quality accommodation. Landlords get bashed a lot on social media. Landlords get bashed a lot about providing um, you know, substandard accommodation, squatter homes. The reality is there's good landlords and bad landlords, just like there's good tenants and bad tenants. And the, what this country needs is more good landlords providing good quality accommodation for people to solve the housing crisis. If that's you, if you feel you could be somebody who could provide good accommodation, who could look after properties and provide good homes for people, then get started in property. If you wanna learn how, there's a completely free report that you can download now in the description and in the pinned comments where you can get started in property in 2023. Go grab it and get yourself moving and help solve that housing crisis. So, the carpets are fitted upstairs as well already. Everything upstairs is done we even fitted a completely new banister. So in the previous property, you may remember in the video, me kicking through the side of the banner here. There was an old fashioned um, timber banister in the whole property and it literally needed to go. It was all holes anyway from the tenants. So we kicked it out. We fitted a brand new banister, which looks really nice, really fresh and new doors everywhere so new timber work new doors everything is new right throughout the property the bathroom in here in the previous video there was a carpet that had a certain type of stain on it all the way around the floor so that's thankfully been replaced as well completely tiled so all new tiles new toilets new sinks new showers new vanity unit uh, everything completely new New showers, new screens.
If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. This is going to be a really, really nice home for somebody. And again, every bathroom, we always fit a towel rails for the radiator. So towel rails in a bathroom are really important. Previously, there was a radiator, but towel rails mean that the tenants can have their towels taken care of. They can have something to dry stuff for in their bathroom. It also reduces condensation much more than just hanging stuff off a radiator above a window. So really, really nice. And then three bedrooms. Again, as I said downstairs, most of the work goes into the kitchens and the bathrooms. The rest is just bedrooms. So it's painting, decorating, fit a new carpet, very little cost, and you can make the place look completely new. Now, the worst room of all when we were here previously was the front bedroom. This is where there was the soap was even put in a box to protect it from the dirt. So let's see what we did in there. Wow. It's just completely different. This was a whole built-in wardrobe that was covered in stuff. You couldn't even walk in this bedroom. There was a bed over there and there was just a load of stuff in the middle everywhere. You couldn't get around the room. Now you've got a big massive main bedroom, nice freshly painted, new flooring, new carpets, new, new wiring, everything new. Um, looks really, really, really good. Final bedroom, um, again, not a lot to do in here. Paint, decorate, same thing. Radiator, paint, decorate, make the room look nice, and beautiful views. What I love about this property is the views out from the front. Um, lots of gardens. They've got a local shop just across the road. Um, really nice part of town. Nice views. And now a really nice house in a nice area. Also, in the top of the stairs, we fitted spotlights as well. So as well as in the kitchen, we've just fitted them in the top of the stairs and in the bathroom. So it runs through on the top floor as well to give it a little bit more modern feel too. And the cupboards, one of the things that I really like, if you come this side, sorry. One of the things I really like is in properties to make sure that the cupboards get done just like the rest of the property. So we always paint out the cupboards. We always fit the carpets through the cupboards. I see so many people that do refurbs and when you open up a cupboard space, it looks like it's unplastered walls. They're not carpeted and it's hidden it's not a bedroom, so we save money in these areas. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think this is an area where tenants are gonna be leaving their clothes, they're gonna be storing stuff, and it should look clean and tidy just like the rest of the house. And it doesn't cost a lot to just finish the cupboards in the same way you'd finish a bedroom. Little bit of money, but adds massive value when a tenant walks around in terms of what they'll pay to rent a property by just looking at something that looks really clean and tidy. 
If you wanna be doing deals like this, if you wanna build up a property portfolio of your own in your area, then there's a completely free report you can download right now. It's in the pinned comments and it's in the description. It can help you get started in property right now and build your property portfolio. Go download it and let's get you moving on your property business. So should you buy cheap property or pay a bit more, buy expensive properties? Well, it's not really about buying cheap or expensive. There's positives, there's negatives to both. So for instance, this is not a normal part of town that I would normally buy a property in. This area here is what I would call on the way towards expensive. If you imagine the cheapest house in town is in a number one area and the most expensive is in the number 10 area, I would be typically buying property, most of my portfolio, in a sort of two, three, four level area. This property is in a six to seven area, so it's middle to high end area of the town. It's not quite the most expensive, but it's more expensive than what I would normally purchase. Now, the downside of that me is that the property will not return as much profit from rental income. So if you're looking for long-term buy-to-lets, the cheaper the area you go to, the higher the rental return. Now this is simple mathematics, if you work with me. Here's why. Because if you buy in a cheaper area, you're going to have a cheaper mortgage. That property, so in a two, three, four area in our town, I would have a mortgage borrowing of maybe anything from 70 to 100 grand. That 70 to 100 grand property, depending on what, what type of mortgage we have on it, will be anything from 100 to 500 pound a month mortgage payment. So that's on a 70 to 100 grand property. Now, the rental income in those areas will be between 500 to 700 pound a month. So you can get a good rental income against them. If you're renting a house for 700 quid a month and the mortgage is 300 quid a month, that's returning you 400 pound a month. So a good rental income. This type of property, the mortgage on this house, if I refinanced it, so the value today is gonna to be about 195 grand. If I refinance that, the mortgage could be about 600 quid, maybe 650 quid a month. But the rental income will be about 850 a month. So it's going to give you less monthly rental income, a couple of hundred pounds a month. So the upside of a cheaper area is you'll make more money monthly. The downside is you don't get as much capital growth. Let me explain why. So this house, I bought this about nine years ago. So eight, nine years ago, purchased this property. We paid 82,000 pounds for it. Fast forward a few years with a refurbishment as well. So the capital growth and the refurbishment, this house today is worth 195 grand. That is over 110 grand of added value. 110 grand, that's a lot of money. Now the refurb has cost about 20, which means right, we've made over 90,000 pounds in growth. 90 grand in growth. Go to the cheaper area of town, I'm buying properties. Back at the time I bought this, I was buying properties for 50 to 60 grand. Those properties today, so fast forward 10 years with a refurb, are worth around 130 grand. So the 50 to 60 grand house, 
If we bought it for 60, we spent the same 20 on a refurb as 80. If that's worth 130, that's 50 grand of added value. So this one's gone up 90 grand. The cheaper part of town has gone up 50 grand. So you'll get more capital growth in an expensive area. You'll get more cash flow in a cheaper area. So which should you do? Well, the answer is you should have a mix of both. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you've got all rental income and no capital growth, you'll have good cash flow every month, but you won't create any long-term legacy. If you've got all capital growth, but no rental income, you might not have the cash to get to the capital growth. You might not have the cash to survive if interest rates go up, if there's a downturn in the market, if any challenges come to your business. Cash flow will always be king because cash flow is the oxygen that allows your business to flow. It allows your business to flourish. You can create cash flow and use it to buy in more expensive areas. So the capital growth is the long-term legacy. It's the vanity. It's the thing that creates the long-term wealth. But the cash flow today is the thing that allows you to stay in the game long-term. Imagine if you invest only for capital growth. How are you going to survive? What's going to pay the bills? What's going to cover your costs? What's going to free you from your job? The cash flow does that. So the cash flow will create the income to survive today. The capital growth is the retirement plan, the generational legacy plan. Get a bit of both. Don't buy all the houses in the same streets. Buy them in a cheap area and in an expensive area. And stick to one town. So what I'm talking about is cheap versus expensive. A lot of people make a big mistake on this. They think expensive means London and cheap means the north of England. No, there's micro markets in every town. My expensive area in this property to my cheap area is literally a two mile drive away. We're just getting in the car or walking one, two, three miles. That's all. We're not talking about three hours. We're not talking about a different city or a different part of the country. We're talking about a cheap part of town and a more expensive part of the same town. I get asked a lot, is it better to have one house that cash flows a thousand pound a month or three houses that would cash flow a thousand pound a month between them? And it kind of back to the same thing is why would you not have both? So I've got a lot of what I call HMOs, multi-let properties that cash flow a thousand plus pound a month. But I've also got a lot of single lets where three of them wouldn't even make a thousand pound a month. So why don't you just do loads more HMOs? Why not just get lots of thousand pound a month properties instead of spreading it out? Well, here's the upside of a HMO, a house in multiple occupation. It can make you a thousand pound a month cash flow. But I'll give you an example. If we take the same timeline, back in 2014, I would have bought a HMO and the property price that I paid for that back then was probably, let's say 140 grand. Today, the rental income is very similar and the value of the house is very similar. Why? Because rental income and HMOs do not go up as quickly and as high as rental income and single let properties. But neither does the value of the house. Because a HMO property is typically valued against the rental income. 
So your £1,000 a month 10 years ago will probably still be £1,000 a month today or maybe 1100 or 1200 if you're lucky. But the single lets, those properties that might have had a rental income of 500 quid a month 10 years ago are now renting out for 750 a month. So you've over 10 years created an additional 750 quid a month profit across three single let properties, 250 per property. So over time, the single lets can go up in rental income. The other big benefit of having the three single lets is you've got what I call three rooftops. Three rooftops going up in value. One HMO, one property bringing in a thousand pound a month, great. But it's one property going up in value or not going up in value if it's based on the rental income as a commercial type valuation like a HMO often is. But if you've got three single lets, you've got three rooftops going up in value. Now you might say, oh, but what about if there's a crash? Then you've got three going down in value. True, but here's what happens in the property market what goes up and then it comes down a bit and then it goes up again and then it comes down a bit and then it goes up again but it always trends up if you look back to the biggest crash in history 2008 house prices are higher today than they were then back in 1990s the previous crash house prices were higher by 2008 than they were then and if and if we go into another property crash at the moment by 2035 2040 2045 there'll be another up another down another up another down and it'll always trend up they'll always go up over time which is why you need the cash flow to sustain your business during that period of time but here's the best part we are standing in the added value People panic all the time about a property crash. It's because they're buying something in this condition, done up beautifully, crossing their fingers and hoping the market will make them money. No, that's what amateurs do. This property here, just by spending some money doing it up, just by painting and decorating, fitting a new kitchen and a new bathroom, we have added massive value to this property. We've added 30, 40 odd grand. The capital growth has added about 40, 50 grand over the last 10 years. The refurbs added another 30, 40 grand in added value to the property, just by refurbishing it. If you buy a property and you add 30, 40 grand to the value, right? If the market drops 20 grand, you've still won. That's why this type of property that needs a good refurb is critical. Buy shitty run-down houses. Don't buy on shitty streets. Buy on the worst possible house on the average street or on the good street and you'll automatically make money. Then have some that bring in a thousand pound a month and have some that bring in less. Three at 300 quid a month each, 900 quid a month, and you're benefiting from cash flow, a little bit of cash flow, but capital growth. The more rooftops you have, the more properties you have, the more capital growth you can achieve. Today, I've got over 100 properties. Now, let's say it was just 100. If each property went up in value by 10 grand, right, 10 grand, that is a million pound of equity growth right that is huge now a hundred grand property going up 10 percent in value is 10 grand a hundred hundred grand properties going up 10 grand in value is a million quid 
Imagine if you refurbished them and pushed them up 40 grand each. That is 4 million quid. You see, you make your money from the cash flow, you make your money from the capital growth, but you make your money mainly by the added value of the refurbishment. Now you might be listening to this thinking, oh, 100 properties, I can't even get one. 10 years ago, I was in debt. I have not built a 100 plus property portfolio because I'm smarter than you. I've not built it because I had money to start with. I have simply built it because I went out there and solved other people's problems. I went out and realized that there is lots of people in the world with money that do not have the time or the knowledge to find deals like this. The secret to me getting to 100 plus properties is joint ventures, working with other people. So I find the deal, I manage the refurb, and someone else funds that property deal. That allows us to buy the property together, manage the refurbishment, and de-risk it completely because we can scale as quickly as we wish, as slowly as we wish, and we're helping, number one, somebody who's interested in making more money with their money, get their money out of the banking system for risk of the banks collapsing, for lack of interest payments in the bank, get their money working harder for them. We're helping people get a better return on their money. Number two, we're helping provide tenants with better quality accommodation. Number three, we're providing work for the builders, the painters, the decorators, the plumbers, the local handymen. We're providing work putting income back into the local economy. And we're building a portfolio for myself and my family for generations to come at the same time. The great thing about property investing, the secret to success in property is collaboration. Nobody is self-made in property. Everybody had a team of people around them to allow them to scale. Stop trying to do everything yourself. Get a team around you, get people around you to support you, and you will move much quicker. So that's an out on site tour of one of my properties and a breakdown on my thoughts around how to make money in property, what type of areas to invest in, and whether you should have one property or multiple properties. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you got massive value from the podcast. Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every single Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time.